We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Good morning. Oh, please do better than that. Good morning. You know, with some things about Scripture that you don't necessarily catch. But when you look throughout the New Testament, Jesus would often ask people if they wanted to be healed. And what I, what I hear when I read that is like, you ain't acting like. You want to be healed. And I think sometimes we show up to church because we have to. I think sometimes we show up to church because we ain't got no other option. So we begrudgingly come to church, and that sounds funny, but we do it a lot. And I want to release you of that today because I honestly, truly believe that in just the scripture today, if you set your heart on just reading those scriptures and applying those verses to your life, your life will change forever. So if you're fighting the atmosphere, you're going to miss it. If, if, you, if you came to church in your feelings, you're going to miss it. So I'm trying to give you an intercession or some, some, some space right now to try and fix that because I honestly, truly believe before I even preach on the text, the text is enough to change your life. I have a lot of space to cover today, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of ground to cover today, and I got a lot of scripture I have to give you, but I am not joking. I said to myself, Lord, if they just apply these verses and mean it from the bottom of their heart, their families would change forever. So I need you to focus in for like 45 minutes. And, and, and my heart doesn't want to do more than that. If the Holy Spirit wants to go further, he can. But I want to give you this to make sure that you get what it did for me. All right, so the first thing I want to do is to give you the text. And I want you to write everything down. It would behoove you to, to take some time and go back and read these and study them. I'm going to read some of them with you, but I want, I want to give you this full package because, oh gosh, y'all. Mm, okay. So Leviticus 26, 39 through 42. Leviticus 26, 39 through 42. Just write these down. I'm going to read some of them and we'll go to some of them, but just write these down. Leviticus 26, 39, 42. Deuteronomy 5, 9, and 10. Deuteronomy 5, 9, and 10. Ezekiel 18, 19, and 20. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 19, 20. Ezekiel verses 18, 19, and 20. Ezekiel again, chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. Ezekiel Chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. Luke 1 and 30 through verse 38. Luke chapter 1, 
verse 30 through 38. Starting from the top, Leviticus 26 and 39. Leviticus 26, 39 through 42. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. And then the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 30 through 38. We got it? I can't go any slower than I'm going. I just don't know what to do. Okay, I'm just... All right, um, Leviticus 26, 39 through 42. Deuteronomy 5, verse 9 and 10. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. And the book of Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 38. Please tell me y'all got it. Like you can't say you don't got it, right? No, go, but go ahead and say, if you don't have it, please tell me. I want you to have this. Because if you don't get anything else today, get those verses and study them. Because after you read them, you're going to start to get it. Everybody got it. Shout amen. amen. All right, I'm going to read Leviticus, 30, excuse me, Leviticus 26 and 39. I'm going to start there. Those of you who are left will waste away in the lands of their enemies because of their sins. Those of you who are left will waste away in the lands of their enemies because of their sins. Also, because of, this, of their ancestors' sins, they will waste away. Verse 40, but if they will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors, I'm going to say it again, but if they will confess their sins, shout their sins, and the sins of their ancestors, their unfaithfulness and their hostility towards me, which made me hostile towards them, so that I sent them into the land of their enemies. Then, when their excuse me, then their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they pay for their sins. I will remember my covenant with Jacob, and my covenant with Isaac, and my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. Deuteronomy 5 and verse 9, we'll start there. You shall not bow down to them to worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandment. Ezekiel 18 and 19. We'll start there. Yet you ask, why does the son not share the guilt of his father? <laughs> Since the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to keep all my decrees, he will surely live. Shall surely live. The one who sins is the one who will die. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. Our topic for discussion today is generational transfers. 
say that with me, generational. Transfers. I grew up in a, in a home um, where we ate breakfast at least five days a week. I feel like it was more like six, but at a bare minimum, we ate breakfast at least five days a week. And a mainstay for most of our breakfasts uh, was a homemade biscuit. Now, if your understanding of a biscuit is what is put on your table at a restaurant or the biscuit that they throw inside of your chicken box at Popeye's, we are not talking about the same type of biscuit. These biscuits are almost like manna falling from heaven. These biscuits are all, are all the way holy. These biscuits are so special, they'll make you pick up a couple hundred pounds. But we ate them on a regular basis. It was a blessing to my soul. I remember um, one summer, uh, we used to call it, my parents would call it going home. Uh, my parents were born and raised, both of them born and raised in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we would go down there for a week in the summertime so that they would visit their parents and we would see our cousins and aunties and uncles and all that good stuff. And <clears throat> this particular time, we stayed at my grandmother's house. Um, and my grandmother had a ton of children. I don't want to get the number wrong, but I believe my mother has 11 brothers and, brothers and sisters. Um, and they all had kids, a bunch of them. So when we got there in the summertime, it was a ton of us in one space. This particular time, we were staying at my mother's mama's house, which is my grandmother. Um, we were staying at her house, and we get up for breakfast Saturday morning. Uh, they had told us the night before that they were going to cook breakfast, and that was always a big deal um, be be because all of the family would come together for that one specific meal. Uh, and when I got up that morning, this was one of my first times ever experiencing it. I got up that morning, and I go into the kitchen, and I noticed that there are like sheet pans of these biscuits. I'm talking like four or five sheet pans of biscuits. And I'm saying to myself, I'm about to bless my soul because these things are special. But when I walked up on a biscuit, I noticed that these biscuits looked a little different. Just the hair different. I knew something was different about them, but I grabbed two or three because I know they're still going to bless me. I just didn't know what the difference was. And I'm saying to myself, because my mother is, is a stickler, and to this very day she is a stickler about certain brands of the things that she uses in her ingredients. It has to be a certain label. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, maybe she didn't get the Pillsbury you know, flour or whatever the case may be. I don't know. Maybe it was because we cook with, with, with gas up in New York and there's no, this is electric down here. I'm just contemplating all these different possible scenarios in my mind as to why the biscuit was different. But when I started to eat the biscuit, it was better. Y'all don't share this with my mama. I've never told her this but it was better. And what I came to find out was that my grandmother had cooked these biscuits. They had a crunch to them that my mamas didn't have to it. It was just, it was crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside, and when you hit it with the syrup, it was just special. And what I also found out in that moment was that my mother's sisters all knew how to cook the same biscuit as my mother. It's a beautiful thing. When you look at, and I'm going to call it an asset, shout asset. asset. The asset of the ability to, 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 to make homemade 
biscuits. It, it, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. Because I've, I ended up finding out that the biscuit thing that my mother was doing at my house did not originate with her. This biscuit thing was way bigger than my mother. I thought she was the biscuit queen, but, but, but somehow along the way, the biscuit queen, it didn't start with her. It started with somebody else. It originated with someone else. What I ended up processing in my mind when I started to think about this sermon was that somewhere along the way, a transfer took place. Everybody shout transfer. There was a generational transfer from Annie Lee Tinker, who was my grandmother, to Diane Underwood, my mama, that would influence the life that I had growing up. That transfer from, from, from Ann Lee Tinker, who was my grandmother, to, to Diane Underwood, who was my mother, blessed my life in such a way that I wouldn't even be able to comprehend for years to come. Y'all understand that? If you can grasp that simplicity in the natural, you have to understand that there are spiritual transfers that take place from generation to generation. Just as the transfer took place physically in my house from my grandmother to my mother. I want to give you a definition of the, this, this phrase generational transfer. I got it up, up, up on the screen. I'm going to give you a second to write it down so don't freak out. All right. Generational transfer. It's spiritual assets, blessings, or curses and patterns of behavior that are inherited or passed down from one generation to another intentionally or unintentionally. I hear clicks. That's so awesome. Go ahead. Keep clicking. I'll read it again. Spiritual assets. Blessings or curses and patterns of behavior that are inherited or passed down from one generation to another generation intentionally or unintentionally. Can I go? <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> Two seconds. Here's still her clicks. You want me to read it again? Will it help? Okay. Is it long? Okay. All right. Put your phone down. That's enough. <laughs> regardless, listen to me on this. Regardless if you choose to recognize them or not, there are spiritual assets that pass from generation to generation. I underline this, this phrase, spiritual assets. I, I, I really like that because um, the, it lets me know that these transfers, these spiritual transfers that take place have an exchange value. Y'all not listening. These spiritual assets that pass from generation to generation have exchange value. They are assets. They, 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 they exchange, they carry a value. 
So what I pass on to the next generation, all of these things have a value in the spiritual realm. And they have an exchange value. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. I don't know if you heard it. For the wage, the payment, the exchange value for sin is death. So that means that if I pass sin from generation to generation to generation, then I'm passing death, a curse, from generation to generation to generation. On the same hand, or, or on the flip side of that, if I, if I pass salvation from generation to generation, I'm passing down blessings from generation to generation to generation, which is eternal life. Shout spiritual assets. You have to understand that there are spiritual assets being transitioned, transferred from generation to generation, whether I like that or not. There was something passed to me, and I'm going to be passing something on, whether I like it or not. And what my mother passed to me and my daddy passed to me, whether I knew them both or not, I am held accountable for that asset. Because it has an exchange value in the spiritual realm. So here's my question. What is the spiritual portfolio of your bloodline? What is the spiritual portfolio of your bloodline? I know this is, the, I don't know if you call it a catchphrase or what's, what's, what's trending right now, but everybody's talking about generational wealth. But if you don't fix the curse, if you don't address the curse, the wealth is not going to help them. What is the spiritual portfolio? When you look down the line, when you look up the line, what is the spiritual portfolio of your family's bloodline? That includes you. Because here's the thing. If I don't know the status or the state of my family's bloodline, then there is no way that I can stop or start a cycle. I will continue to perpetuate what was passed down to me if I don't know that this is something that I don't want to be passed down. And, and, and I won't pass down what started with me if I don't understand this is something that needs to be passed down. I can't start a cycle or stop a cycle if I don't know the, 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 the spiritual portfolio of my family. I got to know what we got in the bank. I got to know what's there. I got to know where we, got our, where we got our value, where we have our exchange value. Where is it? Where does it lie? Where is it built up? What's in my family? What's inside of me? What will be passed now? Because if I don't know those things, it does not matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't know that, you will not be able to break the curse. Ready to write point number one? Can I do that? Like, it's okay. Or I'm just checking. Y'all such a bougie church. It's just pastor got to wait on y'all. You know. Write number one down. Break, not blame. 
Say that with me. Break. Not blame. Similar to how, and we discussed this, but similar to how physical traits and assets are passed down, um, it works the same in the spiritual with one exception. The transfers happen, the assets are transferred in a very similar fashion, both in the physical realm and the spiritual realm, but with one exception. When it comes to a spiritual transfer, that transfer has to be accepted or embraced by the next generation. Unlike a physical transfer, a spiritual transfer has to be accepted or embraced by the next generation. So Jordan and Kennedy had no say-so, no determination of how much of my good looks they were going to get. They had no say-so in how much of it they got. So they just showed up and they had it. Yes? I know I look good. They look good. They got some of my good looks. That's a generational transfer. And that's a generational blessing is what these children have. Watch this now. But it does not work the same in the spiritual. Because they may have not gotten a say-so in how much they look like me, but they do have a say-so in how much they act like me. I'll, I'll, I'll make it more churchy. They, they have a choice in the sins that I committed. They could choose to recommit those sins or they could choose not to. Listen to me. The, a spiritual transfer has to be accepted. A spiritual transfer has to be embraced. Unlike a physical transfer, I have to embrace those things. And that is the piece that we oftentimes miss. Oh, y'all, okay, y'all, Pastor Ross, are you just talking? No, 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 no. It's all scripture. Ezekiel 18.1. This is why I gave you all of this stuff. Watch this. The word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel speaking, talking about what the Lord said to him. Ezekiel 18.1. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb the, about the land of Israel? Listen to the proverb. The parents eat sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the, the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. Listen to this. The one who sins is the one who will die. God says, I'm going to make it simpler. God says, y'all got this saying. God says this. Y'all have this saying. That I got that from my mama. Y'all have this saying that I'm this way because she was that way. And God said, stop saying that. Oh, y'all missing this. God said, stop saying that. You may have got your hips. You may have got that, 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 that tire around your belly from your parents. But you did not get the sins that you are committing from your parents. Why? Because those have to be embraced. You are not the way that you are because they were the way that they are. You are not paying for the sins of your parents. We want to break the curse, not find blame for the curse. 
oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, they may have introduced it to you. Yes, they may have given you a vocabulary for it. Yes, the environment may have not been right, but you had to choose to commit the same sins that they committed if that sin is present in your life. He says the one who sins will pay for it. So that means the sins that your mama and your daddy committed, they will pay for those. But you, ma'am, sir, will pay for yours. He says, stop saying that I get it from my mama. I'm just nasty because my mama was nasty. (laughs) Not nasty like that. Bad attitude. Goodness. Y'all want to pray right now? (laughs) This is... I'm insecure because my mother was insecure. Mm -mm. She may have showed you at a very young age what insecurities look like. And she may have taught you wrong, but you picked those up and you made those your own. You made those your own. Stop blaming your parents for your condition. This may not be what you want to hear on a Sunday morning. I know you wanted somebody to console you, but I got to be honest with you because this is what the word of God. God says, stop saying that proverb. Stop saying that. Because if you commit the sin, you will pay for your sin. Your parents sin, and they will pay for their sins. Their sin is not upon you. So often when we get in these settings, we want to find blame for the way that we are. So we pray about generational curses, but all we want to hear about is who we need to blame. I'm teaching way better than y'all responding. Tell your neighbor, break, not blame. Listen to me. Yes, you might have got your shape from your mother. You might have got your bad body from your daddy. That is true, and you had no say-so in that, but you do have a say-so in the lust that you made your own. You do have a say-so in the attitude that you have. You do have a say-so in the emotions that you can't control. You do have a say-so in the person that you chose to be. Yes, y'all, I want to listen to me. Yes, there are some things about you that just came your direction. You didn't choose those things or nothing. But I want you to understand this. You picked up those habits. You picked up those ways. You picked up that vocabulary. You picked up that understanding. You picked up that mindset. You chose to do those things. And yes, your parents should have done better and created a, a good environment for you, a wholesome environment, so those things weren't available. But unfortunately, they were, but you picked them up. Let's start there. Because here's the, here's, the, here's the honest truth. We can't get past the generational curse because we keep blaming the person that, that birthed us. We don't care about breaking it. We just want to blame somebody. You see? You see why I'm like this? You see why I can't get out of poverty? You see why my credit is always bad? You see why I learned to steal? You see why I, could, I lie? You see? No, 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 no. These are things that you picked up. A little boy. I was a little boy. I was in elementary school. Little boy. <clears throat> I had to have been in kindergarten or something along those lines. I was little. Because of the refrigerator door, we had like the two, you know, two compartment refrigerator door. You know what I mean? Freezer up here, fridge down here. I was eye to eye with the with the racks in there. 
That's how small I was. But somehow, some way, I knew that a beer was different. And I wanted one. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. My mother wasn't trying to hear, but my father didn't care. So finally, she said, he said, get a boy one. Let him drink one. Listen to me. I should have not been exposed to that. But listen to me. I chose it. I chose that. So then I had to spend years getting myself off of that thing that had got me when I was four or five years old. Listen to me, y'all. The, uh, listen, yes, they should have not. It should have never been in the refrigerator. It should have never been there. But I chose it. And then I kept perpetuating it because it was introduced to me at such a young age. Listen to me, y'all. Yes, they are wrong for what they did, that specifically. But you are not living the life that you're living because of their sins. No. It should have never been there. But I chose it. What about your makeup right now? What about your emotional status right now have you chosen? Be honest about it. I'm mad because my mother was mad. I'm angry because my father was angry. No, 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 no. These are habits and ways that you've picked up. Shout break, not blame. Here's what I want you to understand. And here's the reason why it's a choice. I'll go back to me growing up in a house of these amazing biscuits. You know that there's three ingredients in biscuits? The biscuits my mother makes anyway. Three ingredients. I'm not going to tell you because you can go home and try to try it. Just don't do that. But it's three ingredients. I grew up in the house eating them. She would come to my house to visit. She just left here within the past year, and she was cooking them. And to this very day, I still cannot cook biscuits. No, you could pay me right now. I know all of the ingredients she's tried to show me, but I couldn't pick it up. I couldn't grasp it. It was not for me. But my sister, my eldest sister, on the other hand, oh, she can cook some biscuits. Listen to me, because she embraced that. We both grew up in the same house. We both grew up with the same mother. We were exposed to the same things. But there were some things about that, that environment that I gravitated toward and she gravitated toward. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those are choices. Listen to me. Those are choices that we make. Choices. It was available to all of us. I could have learned to cook biscuits. I wish I knew how to cook, but I'd be cooking biscuits left and right. And I would be 450 pounds. But I didn't grab it. I didn't gravitate to it. I didn't choose it. You had to embrace some of the stuff that you're going through right now. You got to own that. Because until you own that part, you're going to continue to blame and never break the cycle. Let's get the second one. Is this stuff helping you any? <laughs> Let's get the second point. Um, let's write down the, the phrase, spot the spirit. Say that with me, spot the spirit. Say it better than that, spot the spirit. <clears throat> Everybody looking up. Y'all ready to work? 
is, it is extremely important to understand that spirits manifest themselves differently from generation to generation. If I don't learn how to spot the spirit, shall spot the spirit, then I will allow the enemy to establish a stronghold, shout stronghold, on my family line. Spirits manifest themselves differently from generation to generation. And if I don't learn how to spot the spirit, I will give the enemy a stronghold on my family line. So what's a stronghold? I got a definition for you. Impregnable patterns of sin or evil that pass from generation to generation that tend to dominate the family line. I'm not going to give you an hour to write that down. Let's go ahead and write. Impregnable patterns of sin or evil that pass from generation to generation that tend to dominate the family line. Now, when you hear the word stronghold, honestly, and I want you to just, uh, I will do this. When you hear the word stronghold, what words come to mind? Spit them out. Fortress, castle. Huh? Ties. What else? Fortress, castle, ties. Huh? Chokehold. Bondage. Listen to me. You said all things that are recognizable. When we hear stronghold, our mind goes to things recognizable. But the trick that the enemy plays in the way that he, he, he develops strongholds in families is that these spirits aren't so recognizable because they manifest themselves differently to each generation. Now, we have the son, the father, and the grandpa. Grandpa, son, and father. Yes? Okay. You're going to have to. Let me tie yours while I work. Let me work that so you can You take your. This is your asset. That's your asset. That's your asset. Let me see if I can fix this because you're going to have to hold something up. Y'all finished writing y'all notes that y'all didn't write. Why don't I do this? See if that worked for you. Take it. Here you go. You broke the other one, man. Did y'all finish y'all notes? Oh, take your glasses off. There we go. Be gentle. There we go. We in there now. Yes. Let's give him a hand for getting it. Oh, my God. All right. Where's your asset? Okay. Take your asset out, the envelope. Take it out. You can give me your envelope once you take it out. Hold your asset up. Take your asset out of yours. Hold it up. Take your assets out. Hold your assets up. So now look. 
I gave grandpa his assets, and he had a $2 bill. But when he passed it down to his son, he has $2. When he passed it down to his son, he has two silver dollars. Listen to me. Same $2 spirit, but a different manifestation. So watch. Listen to this. So now, what I do, what I do, can y'all squat? Can y'all squat down? Squat down. Just squat a little bit. Bend down, right? That's good. Yeah, on one knee, on one knee. When I look down the family line, when I look down on the family line, I compare what they did to what I have, and I give myself credit for being different. But the entire time, I've never been delivered of the $2 spirit. So I feel good about the difference, but I haven't been delivered. And the enemy gets a, a, a stronghold on family lines because he changes it from generation to generation. And he makes us think that we were different from the last generation, but you're no different. It's the same spirit. So for, for grandpa... He was addicted to heroin. But for for daddy, it was alcohol. But for the son, he recreationally smokes marijuana. Different manifestation, but the same spirit. We give ourselves credit for the difference. Listen to me. But God wants you delivered. That is the reason why your children are cutting up the way that they're cutting up. Because you look different than your generations before you. But it's the same spirit that's dominating the family. And until we get deliverance, shout deliverance. Until we get deliverance, nothing changes. It's the same $2 spirit. The same spirit that had my great-great-grandmoms, the same spirit that had my daddy, is the same spirit that got me, but it just looks different. So for, for, for grandpa, it was, it, was, it was fear. But when it gets to me, it's insecurity. Different manifestation, but the same spirit. When are you going to break the cycle? When are you going to work so, stop working so hard to stop looking like them? I'm not going to look like what I came from. I'm not going to look like my mother. My life is not going to end up like my mother's. But you're just like her because it's the same spirit. It just looks different. Okay. Let me take that back. That don't belong to me. This ain't my money. Y'all can stand up, stand up. I need uh can I do it? Can I go a little further with it? Come here, Jordan. I shouldn't get you, Jordan, because you gotta play in a second. Sit down. Mike. Cody. Cheyenne. 
Cody, give me those masks. Give me those other masks. I want to show you how this works. Cheyenne, you go down here. Mike, you go down there. Cody, you stay right there. Don't break it. Grandpa. Y'all scoot down a little bit. Just make it tight so everybody can get one line. You stand with him. Go ahead. Go ahead and put your mask on, Cody. Take the hat off. You're about to break it. Why you turn around? <laughs> We're not going to see you do that? <laughs> I want to show you one of the most um, prolific, one of the most well-known characters in scriptures, six generations of his bloodline, and this is David's bloodline. So here you have his son Amnon. This is David. This is his father Jesse. This is Jesse's father Obed. This is Obed's father Salmon. And I want to introduce you to Salmon's wife, his, David's great-great-grandmother, Rahab. Now, I want to show you how this works. Rahab in Scripture was a mighty woman. She was. But she was a harlot. She was a prostitute. She marries Salmon. And they have, I'm sorry, Boaz. They have Boaz. And then they have, where am I? I'm lost. What am I doing here? Let's start over. Amnon, David, Jesse, Obed, I'm missing one. You got another mask? No? Okay. We got enough. We'll make it work. This is David's great-great-grandmother, Rahab. Okay? The second one down the line is David. This is David's father, Jesse. Now, when you read throughout Scripture, once you start to study it, there is a lot of... Um, questions surrounding David's relationship with his father, Jesse. There's a lot of questions because his mother's name is never mentioned in Scripture. And for a man to be so prominent in Scripture, David, and for his mother to never be mentioned, that leads to you to believe that something is wrong. And many theologians believe that David was an illegitimate child of Jesse. But listen, his great-great-grandmother was a harlot. And for a couple generations, you really don't hear anything. But then it shows itself up in David's life. It perpetuates itself in David's life. But it starts to destroy the family in Amnon's life. Listen to me. Same spirit of lust that makes its way all the way down the line. And it starts to destruct the line here. It became a problem in David's life, but it starts to destroy the family and Amnon's, Amnon's life because he raped his sister. 
the spirit of lust that started six, almost six generations before David now gets into his son's life because there was only blame. There was no deliverance. There was a difference. There was no deliverance. And until you start seeking God for deliverance, not a difference, it is going to destroy generations far from you. Far from you. Listen to me. Sexual immorality in Rahab's day was okay. It was accepted. But then as you make its way down the line, what was accepted there made him take what didn't belong to him. And then when he took what didn't belong to him, his son in turn took what didn't belong to him. It's the same spirit, y'all listen to me, same spirit, but a different manifestation. So here's the thing. I made them put on masks because I didn't want them to think I was talking about them. But how about we give all of our masked persons a hand? Go ahead and have a seat. Shout spot the spirit. Let's push for this last point. I need you guys to turn, turn to Luke 1 and 130. Chapter 1, verse 30. Everybody to get there. We're going to read it together. Luke 1.30. Shall I got it when you get there? Come on, come on, come on, come on. NIV. Shall I got it? All right. NIV version. Let's read. I'm going to read for you. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Point number three, 
final point for today is this phrase, say yes to God. Say that with me. Say yes to God. So after the angel announces to Mary that she's going to give birth to a son and he's going to be great and he's going to do amazing things in this world, what stuck out to me was the fact that Mary asked one question. She says, how? She, she was asking how because she wanted to know how was something like that going to come from a person like me? How was something so special going to come from something so broken? And I think there are many of you here today that's asking yourself that same question. Pastor Walls, all this stuff is good and, you know, being able to spot the spirit and all those different things. I hear you. But, but, but how do I break the generational curse that's been passed down to me? How do I fix and break the generational curses that I've passed down to my children? And the answer is in the text. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I can tell by the way you're looking at me, you didn't get it. God says to her through the angel, if you allow me to fill you, I will change your bloodline forever. If you allow me to fill your heart, if you allow me to fill your mind by the indwelling of my Holy Spirit, that is how I'm going to change your bloodline forever. So you can stop asking yourself, how does a person like me that comes from the family that I come from produce greatness and produce blessings? The way that that happens is when you say yes to God and allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, fill your heart, fill your mind, and you will forever be changed. <coughs> Pastor Wazza, what does that look like? <clears throat> Am I going to feel something? Am I, I mean, what does that look like? All I have to do is honestly, truly say yes. Mary says, I'm the servant of the Lord. Do with me what you please. You have perpetuated and you are experiencing things passed down to you spiritually from your parents, from your grandparents, from your great-grandparents, and they are dominating you. <clears throat> Anxiety and depression, thoughts of suicide, insecurities, lack of confidence, broken marriage, dysfunctional marriage, dysfunctional homes, all of these things have been passed down to you spiritually and you're saying to yourself, Pastor Wanzel, this is just what it is and I'm telling you today, things can change right now today if you say yes to God. Interesting, when you look at the bloodline of, of David, there were 27 generations that passed from David to Mary, and Jesus makes the 28th generation. 
how many generations have to suffer for a decision that you're not willing to make? Twenty-seven generations. What are your kids going to have to continue to go through because you won't make that decision? What are your grandchildren going to have to deal with because you won't make that decision? What are you dealing with because you won't make the decision? Pastor Wanza, I don't want kids yet, but you live in the life of one that's been impacted by a curse. So we oftentimes talk about breaking generational curses. And I have to ask you, do you really want to break the curse? Do you really want to break the curse? Do you really want to break the curse? Do you really want things to change? Do you really want to be different? Do you really want to be whole? Do you really want peace? Do you really want to keep your mind? Do you really want that marriage to work? Or do you really want your children to be blessed? Do you really want it? Because all you have to do is say yes. Yes. Yes, God. You can have my mind. Yes, God. You can have my life. Yes, God, you can have my ways. Yes, God, you can have my heart. Yes, God, you can have my thoughts. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that your spirit can do the things that I cannot do. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.